for for all things ATL. For everything Falcons. First to the end zone, touchdown! This is Peachtree Football. Now, your host, Dylan Matthews and Bo Morgan. What's going on, everybody? It is your boy, Dylan Matthews, alongside the man, the myth, the legend himself, Bo Morgan, and we are Peachtree Football. Make sure you follow Peachtree Football, download Peachtree Football, like the podcast as well. We are wherever you get your podcast. That is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast, Peachtree Football is there. Bo Morgan, what's going on, my friend? It is a Tuesday evening, early evening, I guess, if you want to call it, kind of the, out of the afternoon phase, and we're ready to talk some Atlanta Falcons football. We got some things to talk about, some things circulating, some speculation, some rumors, and we're ready to get into it all, man. How you feeling? Good, man. Just recovering from Memorial Day weekend, um, but, you know, that's that's about it. It's um, It was a fun, great, long weekend, but long in a good way, and now it's, uh, you know, look, just ready to uh, ready to talk a little Falcons. I learned a new thing from you, Bo. You have taught me a lot of things in my early broadcasting radio career, and you taught me another thing today. And that thing was that Memorial Day weekend is the official start of grilling season. I did not know that was the official start to grilling season, but you taught me that today. So now I know well, Memorial Day weekend is the official start to grilling season. And and it. You know, I should clarify, I, I, it, it's because most people only grill in late spring, summer, and then they shut it down midway through the fall because right. of weather. And so to me, it's kind of the official kickoff because it's it's a, it's the grilling season kickoff with a holiday. And right. it's, um, it's always been that way because it's really, especially this last weekend we've had in Atlanta, it's been it's perfect weekend for grilling. I mean, this was – you were in Atlanta this weekend and you didn't spend um, at least two days outside, then, you know, kind of shame on you. Like, I spent Friday right. night outside. I spent all day Saturday uh, pretty much outside. Um, and then um, and then Monday uh, I spent uh, in the golf course – on the golf course and uh, at the pool. So, yeah, man, it's, it's – it's, um, I actually was talking to my neighbor Friday afternoon and he, we were talking about this weekend and I said, dude, I gotta, I gotta grill one day this weekend. And so we just decided that we would grill Friday night. There so you go. we kicked off Friday night with grilling and uh, had a great time. So, yeah. I love to hear it. I love to see it. And I know that was uh, some good food y'all cooking up. So glad uh, you had a good Memorial day weekend. Hope you all had a good Memorial day weekend. Hope you got a long weekend as well, but it's time to get down to business, Bo Morgan. And the first business we're going to handle is talking about a certain NFL wide receiver that could be on the move. You know who we're talking about. That's right, DeAndre Hopkins. And actually, the news came down just a minute or so ago, a few minutes ago, as a matter of fact, that the official release of DeAndre Hopkins is now being put into motion. Of course, uh, no moves could be made on uh, Friday because – I. Was it because of the the holiday weekend, Bo? What exactly was stopping transactions from going through on on that Friday? Because I forget exactly what was the reasoning behind it. Well, they they shut off they shut off transactions from Friday through um, Tuesday, 
Right. And uh, so basically they gave a four day weekend. But there was also a lot. A lot of speculation that there could be more to it than just um, than just that, 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 that could be waiting. I don't know 100% how many of their June 1st designations they use. You get two per year. Uh-huh. So there's a lot of speculation that that might have been one of the things that was going on with them, that they were waiting to use the June 1st designation and cut his cap hit over two years. But. But yeah, that was that was most likely it was the whole transaction um, moratorium, basically that that the the league had for the week, holiday weekend. Well, now the official release of DeAndre Hopkins, as I told you a moment ago, is going through. It is being put through the NFL uh, system and whatnot, if you will. So DeAndre Hopkins is going to end up being a free agent, and he is going to be able to sign with whatever team he chooses could that team be the Atlanta Falcons right off the bat Bo I'm not gonna lie to you I don't think DeAndre Hopkins wants to come to Atlanta you all were talking about on the morning shift earlier this morning and I thought Mike laid it out beautifully and I talked about it on my show earlier this morning well the hometown take it just doesn't seem like a destination that DeAndre Hopkins would want to come to for a multitude of reasons uh number one we already have a lot of weapons here. We already have a lot of mouths to feed. Kyle Pitts, Drake London, uh, Cordell Patterson, because I think he's going to be involved in the receiving game with B. John Robinson and Tyler Algier now a lot more. Then uh, you have John U. Smith. You have um, Matt Collins. You have Scotty Miller. So there are just so many weapons the Atlanta Falcons have right now. There's He's not going to receive a lot of the targets. And the other thing about it is, is that, I'm not even sure that DeAndre Hopkins views the Atlanta Falcons as a Super Bowl contender quite yet. Not to say that, you know, he doesn't see them as a team that could go to the postseason or maybe make some noise, but I'm not sure he views the Atlanta Falcons as a Super Bowl contender. And that's no slight to Atlanta Falcons. I think we're going to make some noise. I think we're going to surprise some people. You see, we're already getting some respect from the national media now and, you know, people close to the, the league. But I'm just not sure if this is a desired destination for DeAndre Hopkins. And there are reasons why the Atlanta Falcons might not be interested in, in, in him as well, too, because you don't know what the price is going to be, Bo. So there are just a lot of factors as to why DeAndre Hopkins' first choice probably is not the Atlanta Falcons. Well, yeah, look, um, I just think I just want to look at it from this way. I mean, there's just not enough touches to go around. And DeAndre Hopkins is not coming here to be the third option or the fourth option. And and you've spent three draft picks in three straight years to put weapons on this offense. And you're operating at a low income cost there uh, with those three guys. So why would you go sign a guy that wants a ton of money? Because he has right. a name. He hasn't, he wasn't healthy last year. He was also suspended for part of the time. Um, I, I think his production was more an issue with the quarterback uh, than 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 him once he did come back. Right. But I just don't think it makes any sense for me. I think you've you, you've built this offense with weapons. I just I don't know why you do that. I do think there's some some something to the fact that maybe he doesn't know what we are, and maybe he doesn't want to come to a question mark team when he could go maybe take less money and play for a team that could win the Super Bowl and then go have a big year or compete for a Super Bowl, go have a big year and sign another big deal. I mean, he could go to, you know, he puts Buffalo 
Yep. Uh, and even though Buffalo has bigger needs in wide receiver, I think Buffalo, their running game is something they haven't addressed at all this year, which is it's just something they're going to have to do sooner. Josh Allen's going to break down the way we saw players like Cam Newton break down who are running right. running the ball more and taking those shots. That's why Cam broke down is because yep. Cam took so many shots. Um, so I, I don't know. Maybe that's an option. Um, but there's there's some teams that maybe could compete. I just don't – you just never know um, where he could end up. And what do you want to go with a team like oh, – uh, the Vegas want him and maybe pay him less there. I don't know. I don't think that's a very good spot either. I don't think that's necessarily a contender in my eyes right now. Yeah. So there, I think if he's looking for a contender, it might be limited options. If, if Kansas City I know was interested in a trade, if they can make it work, that's – a he goes there and he's the best receiver on the team and he's the second best um he's the third best offensive player the second best weapon he'd be behind Travis Kelsey and uh and then he'd be the third best offensive player behind Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey so that would be a good spot to me and that would open that offense up even more and make that team an even better so that would be to me if I was him top of my list maybe even uh being reunited with if if Cleveland can afford it with Deshaun Watson, if they could figure out a way to do that in Cleveland. So I think they're just better options. I just don't know why you would come here and share all those targets for a team that's going to be a 50-50 more likely team. I think this offense will be a lot more balanced than they've been in the past. So I think they'll be a 50-50 team as far as run-pass option. So, yeah, I just don't think it makes sense in, 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 a, in a ton of different ways. But you never know. I mean yep. – We've seen it. We've things seen crazier happen. things happen. So yeah. So there's also a, a, another layer to this too. He's kind of already. I don't necessarily want to say he's shown his cards, but you have to think he's already kind of given us a list without kind of giving us a list. And what I, what I mean by that is he was on the I Am Athlete podcast one or two weeks ago, and he gave a list of quarterbacks he would like to play for and like to play with, and like to have the ball thrown to him. That list consisted of Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, and I think Justin Herbert might have been on that list as well. I can't remember, but I know for sure it was Patrick Mahomes, it was Jalen Hurts, it was Lamar Jackson, um, and um, Josh Allen. So you have to think, those are the teams at the top of the list. If those are the quarterbacks he said he wanted to play with the most, you have to think those teams are probably at the yeah. top of his list. Now, whether that can work or not is right to be seen, but you got to think, though, those are the teams, those are his top destinations. Yeah, right but he's now. not going to play with Jalen Hurts because they've already got two, two, uh, they got AJ Brown in, in, Devontae in Smith. uh, Devontae Smith. That, that's not going to work. Okay. You can't go there. He's not going to, yeah. um, you know, the Josh Allen one was fine. I mean, here's the deal. He also said in that whole thing, I want to play with a player that loves the game as much as me. Right. And he, he, that was when he started naming these guys. He's not, those aren't the only guys that love the game. You know, that's Correct. the thing for me. You know, I would be worried though, where he get end up. What if he ended up trying to, what if, what if New Orleans found a way to get him now? now I mean, they've already got Michael Thomas and, um, and my guy from uh, Ohio State, um, they just oh, drafted. Oh. Um, Chris Olave. Yeah, who's I thought was the best receiver that came out of that draft last year. Right. So I, I, I think 
I mean, you tell me, you wouldn't want to play with Aaron Rodgers? Right. I mean, if they could afford that, you know, all I hear is is players rave about Lamar Lamar Jackson. You know, and he's got Lamar on his list, but can they afford him because he just he just overpaid for Odell? So right. I I think you know what he wouldn't want to go play with Tua and Tyreek Hill and um boy I cannot think of anybody's name today. My guy from Alabama. Um, oh, Jalen Waddle. Yeah, and Waddle. I mean that now that again. How many balls? How right. many balls are there? Would he not want exactly. to go to Seattle? Maybe play with Geno and um, DK Tyler yeah, he's Lockett. Got opposite him. So I I don't know. I think I I think um, the the Herbert one, which I know that he said he was hesitant on, which is which is odd to me. Right. That one's really intriguing to me because I think I think Herbert could could use another weapon that could possibly stay on the field. So there's a lot of there's a lot of that that that, that kind of is very interesting to me uh, of the names he named off. Now, well, before we move on, I do have one more question for you. Do you think this is something that could happen sooner rather than later, or do you think this might be something that could take a little while before we see him sign with a team? Because, you know, I guess maybe my question is, do you think teams might be a little bit more hesitant to to sign him? Maybe they wait to see what happens throughout training camp. I mean, you know, knock on my hardwood floor, we hope injuries don't happen, but injuries happen. Could it be one of those things where maybe a team waits to see kind of, you know, if any, if they need a wide receiver, if there's a need coming out of training camp, if anybody gets hurt, God forbid, or do you think this is going to be something that kind of happens right away? Like, no, this is D-Hop. We need to go get him. You know, he's he's our last piece to maybe get us over the hump. Uh, That's a good question. And I would, I would, I would think that he probably won't be out there too long. Cause I think they'd want to get him in and get him acclimated to the system, get timing and that kind of yeah. stuff down. Yeah. But it, look, it also depends on how much money he's going to want. I would expect True. this to happen. Um, I, it, uh, no doubt before July, maybe in the next few days or weeks. Okay. Um, I just think there's there's the off season program you want to get these guys in and just have them a little bit. So I would expect it sooner than later. But it also like money's definitely going to be an issue with this, so you yeah. got to remember that. All right, we'll see where DeAndre Hopkins lands. We'll see how long it takes before DeAndre Hopkins finds a new home. But as again, as I told you moments ago, uh, that that release is getting uh, put through the NFL uh, ringer uh, right about now. So that that will be uh, official here uh, very soon. All right, moving on. I did see from the game day NFL Twitter account, they had an interesting list that they had a list of the eight teams who were last in their division last year. And then they had them ranked to the teams who have the best possible chance to go from worst to first in their division. So here are the teams that they had ranked with the best possible chance to go from worst to first in their division. Number one, the Atlanta Falcons. And I'll go and give you the rest of the list, too. New York Jets coming in at number two. Cleveland Browns coming in at three. The Chicago Bears coming in at four. Washington Commanders at five. The Broncos at six. The Houston Texans at seven. And the Arizona Cardinals at eight. So those were your eight division bottom feeders last year. And that's how they ranked those teams uh, with, the, with the best chance to go to worst from, from worst to first. So, 
They got the Atlanta Falcons at one, which I couldn't agree with more, Bo Morgan, because there are just so many things that are going for the Atlanta Falcons and are going right. And it's just the perfect storm for the Atlanta Falcons to go worse to first. Number one, obviously, the division is a lot weaker than what it was even a season ago. Now, the Saints, you can argue, got got, got better. They got Derek Carr. They brought some pieces in. They also lost a lot of pieces, one being to the Atlanta Falcons, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, we know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, sorry, James, they're a dumpster fire right now. We're seeing videos coming out of OTAs of Baker Mayfield not even being able to make simple throws. So that doesn't like that's going to be great out there. But, you know, it's early for Tampa Bay. You never know. But not a lot of promise coming out of Tampa Bay right now. Carolina. They have a direction. They are maybe on the ascension and not the decline, but we don't know what Bryce Young is going to be, the number one overall pick. We don't know how long he's going to take to be a good NFL quarterback. We don't know if he's going to hit uh, hit his feet ground running. I am totally messed that phrase up, but you get what I'm saying. So the point being is that this is a division that is – for the taking right now. And the Atlanta Falcons could take it. And they probably, right now, you could argue the Saints, but they're probably, in my opinion, are the most talented roster. So there are a lot of things going for the Atlanta Falcons to go worse to first. Uh, but do you agree with this uh, with this ranking that the Atlanta Falcons have the best chance to go from worst to first in, uh, in all the divisions uh, this season, Bo Morgan? Well, yeah. I think that they've compiled one of the better rosters. I think when you look, if you want to go through the division like you just did, I would go to Carolina and say I think they've got the best defense in the division right now. I don't think yeah. I think it's it's easy to me, um, and I think Tampa Bay and Atlanta or I think Tampa Bay and Atlanta and New Orleans are all kind of right there. But I, I think the the front seven for Carolina is pretty strong. I mean, when you have a guy, Derek Brown might be the best player in the division. Yeah. So. Yeah. When you have a guy like that, I think that's a game changer. Um, and Brian Burns isn't too bad himself coming off the no. edge there. So those two guys together, their defensive line is very stout. But Pretty good secondary, too, over there in Carolina as well. They got some solid DBs as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, we'll see about that. <laughs> um, but I, you know, my thing about New Orleans is I don't think people trust Dennis Allen, and I don't trust Dennis Allen. And, I, you know, Derek Carr is one thing, but the, the team is not the same without Sean Payton. And he was the best in-game um, uh, coach possibly in the NFL. And he's back, and especially with his with with his adjustments so, and play calling. So I think they're still uh, kind of reeling from that. Now you lose uh, Ryan Nielsen, who de helped develop a lot of those players. <clears throat> so – I just think there's a lot going on there. And Tampa Bay is just going – Tampa Bay is kind of going through their purge, I feel like. Um, they're going to see yeah. what they have in Baker or uh, Kyle Trask and right. maybe make a decision if they need to go get draft a guy or one of those guys can can be the the guy for the next you know few years as a franchise quarterback. He's still got weapons on offense with Evans. And, um, boy, I am – Awful with names today. I'm trying um, to think who you're who you're thinking Godwin, about. Oh, Chris, Jimmy, Chris uh, James got me.
um, with Godwin. I can't think of yeah. anybody. If you're a wide receiver today, I can't think of your name, apparently. I am whiffing on every wide receiver's name, which is weird because it's really only that position group. But anyways, so they've still got weapons. If one of those guys can just step up and play a little bit, and their defense is, isn't terrible. So it's it's surprising um, that, you know, people feel the way they do, but I think just losing a Tom Brady and, you know, also – are you sold on that coaching staff? So right. there's a lot to kind of take in with, you know, what Todd Bowles can do in year two. Cause I'll be honest with you, last year was a big disappointment for Tampa Bay with Tom Brady. So yeah, I think you just look at the fact that this is the worst division of them all. And the division that probably has from top to bottom, the most question marks and what they've put together on offense and going seven and 10 last year with a bottom tier roster and what they've added on defense with veterans yeah, they're, they're, the optimism is high, and, and some of those teams play in better divisions. So I think it's a combination of all. I want to go ahead and now transition to something you talked about earlier. You talked about earlier when we were talking about DeAndre Hopkins and whether or not he would be a good fit for this football team. We were talking about how this Atlanta Falcons offense is going to be very balanced. And you talking about that got me thinking about and got you thinking about, and you brought it up earlier today before we started the podcast, uh, Drake London, wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons. He said that this offense this year, there are going to be a lot of positionless players, and this is going to be a positionless offense. And that's very intriguing words from Drake London because while it it, it seems like, you know, Everybody kind of has their defined roles. It also seems like there is a lot of versatility on this offense as well. I mean, think about it. We know, and we've talked about at nauseum and at volume, what B. John Robinson is going to do for this offense. He is going to obviously run the football. He is going to catch passes out of the backfield. He is also going to line up at the slot sometimes. Heck. We might even see him maybe later on the season. It could be earlier on the season. We could see him line up on the outside. Now, I'm not saying that's probably going to happen for sure, but I definitely think we're going to see him line up at the slot. Cordell Patterson. I think we're going to see Cordell Patterson used a lot like we have seen Debo Samuel used in San Francisco. He might get some jet sweeps. He might just get some straight-up handoffs. He might be lined up at wide receiver. Cordell Patterson is going to be a Swiss Army knife for this Atlanta Falcons offense this year. Kyle Pitts, we know he can line up anywhere. He's going to be used as a blocker, which he got a lot better at this past season. Obviously, he's going to be lined up out of the outside. He's going to be lined up at tight end. So he's going to be used in multiple, in multiple positions. Scotty Miller, we could see him in the slot. We could see him on the outside because of his speed. So, you know, when you really get to thinking about it, this could be, in fact, one of the most versatile and definitely a positionless offense when you talk about what, what, what this Atlanta Falcons offense is capable of because there could just be so many different sets. There are so many different players that can be put in different spots, and it, it's really just mind-boggling, and it could be very overwhelming and probably will be very overwhelming to a lot of opposing defenses this season, Bo. Yeah, I mean... It's look, uh, Dylan. It's it's just what the, what he's wanted to do, and Arthur's done is he's just tried to find almost unicorn type players right. at each position. You know, Kyle Pitts is a tight end, but he 
He's built a lot like a wide receiver. He he plays the he runs routes like a wide receiver. He he runs like a wide receiver. Um, he's a hell he's a big old wide receiver, but <laughs> All still, right. still that. I think Drake London would probably be the one guy. He's semi positionless football. He's probably the one that's more into a a box. He's right. not an overly fast guy, but he's very big and physical. Yep. So he can obviously line up inside and do some of those things in a red zone. But um, Cordero Patterson's already been used like Devo. That's true. Um, I, I I think he was used like that very much so his first year here. Yeah. And then last year, when the offense was more run heavy, um, he became more of a running back, and he was used more in right running back role, and you saw him lined out less. Now that Bijan's here, you can expand him out a little bit more because in Algier as it emerged, you don't have to depend on him to get that many carries. Right. So I think people over kind of when they hear things like this, they, they freak out at times and it's like, well, it's kind of, kind of, yeah. I mean, we kind of knew this, if that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> because yeah. Bijan Robinson is another guy who all we heard about was his versatility. You, you heard more about his route running yeah. and what he could do with that than, than his ability to break tackles. I mean, Bijan sure. said, when he got here, he was like, yeah, you know, in rookie minicamp, he's like, I mean, Arthur is going to use – he's going to use me the right way, which is yeah. everywhere. Right. So, Johnny Smith is a guy who he, – when he was with Tennessee and Arthur Smith, he was used a lot. He was used out of the backfield at times. He was using those jet – the jet sweep type plays. So, um, it's one of those deals where this is – Kind of the writing's been on the ball on the wall when you when you saw Arthur acquiring these guys and the more of these guys they acquire. So it's not a surprise. Um and, and, and it's what can make this offense so lethal. It's also why when people think that this offense is gonna be an a back a, a 70-30 run pass ratio like they were to, to um like they were when, kind of last year with Mariota's the quarterback. Yep. I'm trying to tell people, I don't think you can look at that offense and say that's what it's going to be. Just like I don't think you can look at the offense in 2021 and say that's what it's going to be. Right. Yet, because that was a pass-happy offense. I think this is going to be a, 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 a nice marriage of both. And I think that's something exciting to look at. So I just think the positionless football thing really means these are guys that can do a lot of different things. And there's going to be times where they're asked to do all those things. Just like... We, you know, Bijan will play wide receiver just like running back. Johnny will play yep. running back just like tight end. Kyle Pitts will play tight end just like he plays wide receiver. I mean, Cordero Patterson will do everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it just – that's where I see it. I don't really try to think, well, this guy might do this and that. I, I just think they're going to take advantage of the things that these guys um, can and, and, and will and, and actually do. So – yeah, I just I see it more so as one that Arthur Smith is just setting himself up and setting the team up to obviously be as versatile as possible to where you could go out there. And if if it calls for and again, this this will all depend on matchups and your opponent and how you want to attack your opponent. I mean, so many different things go into it, but there will be times where you probably see twin tight end sets with Kyle Pitts and 
and Jonu Smith, and you'll see like jumbo packages with uh with maybe Cordell Patterson and, and Tyler Algier, Bijan and Tyler Algier in the backfield, and you know Drake London and maybe Kyle Pitts out there blocking. I mean, who knows? I mean, just the the things that Arthur Smith is gonna be able to come up with, and the things he's gonna be able to do, and the multitude of ways he's going to be able to attack a defense. I mean, just thinking about it is crazy. I mean, it really seems like. The possibilities are endless with what this offense can do. And that's why I think Drake was so spot on with this, because I really think that's what, like you said, he was trying to say is that this offense is is going to be a happy marriage of being able to run when they need to, being able to pass when they need to, working the play action in there as well. I mean, just thinking about all the things that this Atlanta Falcons offense is going to be able to be good at and do well and the kind of playmakers they have at every single position. I mean, it's just scary to think about when you think about what the opposing defense are going to have to deal with, because I mean, they're going to be up at night having to think about how they're going to stop Bijan and Kyle Pitts and Drake London and Tyler Algier and Cordell Patterson. I mean, it it just goes on and on and on. So, I mean, it, like you said, it is just super exciting to think about. And when, you add into the the mastermind that is Arthur Smith. I mean, Arthur Smith is a very, very good play caller. We've seen it since he's been here, just the creativity that he's been able to have with, with the guys that he's had on the roster so far and then adding the talent that he's added. I mean, it's just amazing to think about what, what this Atlanta Falcons offense is going to be able to do. So, I mean, that's if that doesn't get your blood pumping, I mean, I don't know what will because I'm super excited about what this uh, offense is capable of and the versatility that they're going to have. So, I mean, it's it's just super exciting stuff when you think about the, the possibilities of this Atlanta Falcons offense, Bo. No, I know. That's what I've been trying to tell people for a long time. That's why I think that they didn't have to – um, they didn't have to really get like, they didn't have to get what they have been doing is they've made an offense that was already potent, right. but on the ground, even more potent. And I, I didn't yep. think that that's why I wasn't overly worried about, um, you know, them, them, once they did draft Bijan, I wanted defense, but I think they're going to try to have a bend-don't-break defense that can get after the quarterback, right, at times, because they've added pass rushers, while scoring points. And they're going to – if it, I just don't foresee them shortening games with this many weapons the way they had done the last few years. All Desmond Ritter has to do is – I say all, but (laughs) he's just got to be in charge of the line of scrimmage, be able to see what's happening – you know, you want him to read the defenses and be aware of what's going on and right. then uh, make decisions based on that and then get, you know, be that be that accurate and on time um, delivery system. For it's sure. a lot easier for me to say that than it is for him to do it because of what teams are throwing at you and they're going to throw stuff at him. So I, I, I just think that. um I just think that people should be very optimistic and excited for the offense, like you said, and knowing that the defense should have some pressure taken off of them if yep. if if it is clicking. And a lot of that's going to rely on Desmond Ritter. There's going to be a lot sure. of pressure on Desmond Ritter this year. There's no, no doubt about that. So. Nope. Nah, I mean, definitely he has to be, and this is something we'll, you know, we'll, we'll probably get into as the offseason goes on and the season goes on for sure, but 
Desmond Ritter has to be the number one guy that has the most pressure on him. I mean, you we've talked about Matthew Bergeron and the pressure on him, and you know he arguably has the most pressure on him as a rookie. But I think it's pretty undisputable that Desmond Ritter, you know, if you're talking about who has the most pressure on them as a whole in this entire Falcons team, it, I mean, it has to be Desmond Ritter because he has everything around him. He has everything that you could want as a quarterback. He has weapons. He has a uh, a very good uh, uh, very good offensive line. I mean, it should be a very good offensive line. It's yet it's kind of yet to be seen, but from what we saw last year and the additions they made, it should be a at least a very serviceable offensive line. Then you see the pieces they added on defense. It should be again, you said at the very least a bend but don't break defense. So he's got pretty much everything a quarterback could want. And now it's up to him to go out there and and be the leader of this team and, you know, hopefully lead this team to a lot of wins and a postseason berth. And we'll, we'll see what happens from there. But uh, I, I'm I'm super excited, super excited to see what Arthur Smith comes up with on offense, what Ryan Nielsen comes up with on defense, and just to see how it all comes together when we finally uh, start to get some regular season ball games. But that is going to do it for this edition of Peachtree Football. Make sure y'all like the podcast, download the podcast, subscribe to Peachtree Football wherever you get your podcast. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify. We are on the Odyssey app wherever you get your podcast. Peachtree Football is there. For Bo Morgan, I pointed the wrong way because I'm backwards. I am Dylan Matthews and uh, appreciate you guys tuning in as always. We'll be back next week to chop up some more Atlanta Falcons football. We'll have uh, another well, week two of OTAs to kind of recap. So hopefully we get some good sound bites and some uh, good looks out of there. And we'll be back to chop it up and keep on churning through the offseason. And we'll bring you whatever Falcons news, NFL news there is to bring you. But until next time, peace.